This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Today, Rado runs through his top 10 board game combat mechanisms. Hooray! Or what? I know you wouldn't necessarily expect that from me, the ultimate Care Bear, to be talking about all kinds of ways that we can do the old punch kick. Um, it's all in the mind, of course, but I think you'll find these are 10 games that Jen and I very much enjoy. Even though we're Care Bear players, we prefer to build things in our games. Sometimes it's fun to, to fight the good fight. And so I am going to be counting down um, our least favorite, although we still love it, to our most favorite in typical countdown format. But I am not alone today. I need somebody to fight with. So everybody, say hello to Tim Chewin. Hey, Tim. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hey, So... Don't worry, Tim. This will be a very friendly. I mean, I'm not very good at fighting. I am a Care Bear. <laughs> but I, if, if, if I see any uh, missteps on your list, I'll let you know. And please, by all means, let me know if you think I've gone absolutely off the deep end. So, for folks who don't know, Tim does his own um, YouTube channel uh, called Tim Chewin, I believe, right? You just mm-hmm. named it after yep. yourself. And uh, Tim is a professional photographer in real life. So if you want to see some of the most beautiful presented board game content on YouTube, you really want to check him out. Uh, do you disagree? Or you're too, you're too humble to, to admit that? I'm working there. Trying okay. to get there. Well, I think it's fantastic. You can hit that eye in the top right corner of the screen or follow the link down in the show notes to go check out his channel. Uh, he does you know, short form videos, all kinds of, of variety of stuff. So Tim, are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm stoked for this. Okay. Then, uh, remember, this is, uh, you know, uh, combat gameplay in board games. And my number 10 is Runebound 3rd Edition. And I don't know if you played this one, Tim. This is a big, sprawling adventure game where you've got a map of the world and you're traveling all over the place and going on quests and having adventures and leveling up and you know buying stuff. All the typical fantasy adventure tropes. But the combat I love because we actually cast runes. These little uh, cardboard discs that are two-sided. And you can see, uh, if you're watching this right now on the screen, mm-hmm. I'm actually in the middle of a fight. Uh, the player has their own special ones. The bad guys have their own. And as you cast these, they will fall on one side or the the other. And the combination of how these all come out gives you a custom round of combat you're going to be able to do. Often these runes can interact with each other, you know, like some of them might double the power of a different one, and uh, it's just every round is a fun little puzzle. After you cast these runes and you're like, oh, I really wanted this one that was going to give me an extra shield, I didn't get it, but instead I got the doubler. Okay, so do I double this one or do I double that one? And of course, you can see what the monster is going to do as well, because they've got their own set of symbols. Now, in the original Runebound 3rd Edition, I had one problem. Jen and I were not happy with the fact that the monster had to be controlled by your opponent. Because this is a competitive game. We're all racing to be the first to save the world um, from the orcs and the goblins and the dragons and whatnot. And so when I'm fighting an orc, Jen would have to do her best to destroy me, as you know, making all the choices for the orc. So I had a little bit of a problem with that. But then Unbreakable Bonds came out, which is an expansion that actually automated the monsters. So the monsters still cast their runes, but then they put their runes in kind of like this grid, this matrix, that indicates how they will attack 
back. And so, the fighting is 100% puzzle-solving. I don't have to spend half my time trying to destroy my opponent. And it's fast, it's fluid, it's really unique, and it's just fun to cast these ruins. Um, it's very, very different feeling than um, you know rolling a whole bunch of dice and trying to get a bunch of fives and sixes. And I think it's very, very cool. It's my number 10, Runebound 3rd Edition, with the Unbreakable Bonds expansion. I don't know, have you tried this one, Tim? No, I haven't. But um, so the tokens that you're casting right now, are yeah. they? Do you have a limited pool, or or do you gain more as the that game is progresses? that is one of the main ways you level up. If you go out uh-huh. and buy yourself an Excalibur type sword, that uh-huh. is you know you get a card that says what all its powers are, but you also uh-huh. get a disc that is associated with that, and it'll say, well, if you if you flip and get side A, this is what the sword will do. If you flip and get side B, this is what the sword will do. So over the course of the game, you will be getting. You start out with usually two or three, but you'll be doing you know four, five, six. I don't know if you get up to seven by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, what you're looking at right now is still fairly low. I've just got three basic ones. And I don't think I've gotten any cool special power-up ones yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's very cool. Yeah. Interesting. There's a lot of other cool stuff, too. I mean, it's just a really fun adventure game. But the combat, it's not like anything else I've ever seen. And it's my number 10. Tim. Uh, now, nice. here's the way Tim is going to... I did not want to have Tim's list spoiled. So he sent me an email um, with 10 links in it, not, literally called number 10987654321. So I am going to click number 10 now to, to, to reveal that Tim's number 10 is Heroes of Land, Heroes Air, and Sea. of Land, Air, and Sea. So this is my number 10... Um, I covered this one a while back too, but this game is all about. You have different factions. You have humans, dwarves, elves, uh, orcs, like the classic fantasy factions. Yeah. And you're going around the board. And what I really liked about the combat for this game is that you is that vehicles and buildings are incorporated into your army strength, which okay. I've never seen before. Um, so it's really cool. Like you have all these air vessels. I think they even have expansions where like you're actually going to like a like a floating continent. But um, ah. you're, you're taking these armies and you're just traveling around and you're fighting. And um, what I really liked about it, too, was that for for combat specifically, I put some notes here. Oh, there's a little pushback because you play spell cards um, against each other okay. when you're when you have this confrontation. And then right after that, you have a set of seven uh, tactic cards that everyone has access to. Um, so there's this uniformity in the tactics cards, but there's a little randomness in the spells that you gain. Okay. And you're kind of playing those back and forth um, and incorporating army strength from the vehicles and from the the towers. So it's not um, completely, I would say, like unique and diverse, but I think it's really fun in the way like they lay, they're layering all of these mechanics together, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a gorgeous mm-hmm. game and it's really impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, all the buildings and whatnot are these cool little like cardboard sculptures you put together as part of setup. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so the big thing for you is the way that it integrates all these different... I mean, is it fairly simple? Is it still rolling dice and see who comes out on top? Or you, you said that you manipulate things with, this, with the tactics and spell cards, right? Yeah, it's very simple. It's just uh, calculating the number of miniatures that you have. So it's, very, it's pretty deterministic. I think it's a little bit different in that the spell cards are a variant. Oh. Uh, the vehicles that you're using are a little bit different. And um, you also have to pay for resources for the cards that you're using. So your resource pool does count towards battle itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I've never played it, and I probably never will unless they come out with some kind of co-op expansion where players yeah. are working together to fight off invading armies or what have you. There isn't anything like that, is there? 
I don't think so. No. I think there's pretty direct uh, confrontation, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and that may determine the entire way this entire list is going to go. Me having all <laughs> kinds of ways to fight us against the game, whereas you want to fight against each other. We shall yep. see. Okay. Uh, well, that's number 10. And the one thing I do know about this is, you know, this is from the, the publisher and designer of the Tiny Epic series. And this one is just all epic, epic. It's huge, a million components, really cool looking. I mean, Very this is one of those games that makes me jealous that I don't play big, epic, 4X, will destroy my opponent style games because it looks so neat. Mm-hmm. But, okay, number 10, Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. And I will try not to do all of your stuff for you. Next time, when we get to your next one, you can announce it. All right. <laughs> Either but, way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm still not used to this doing stuff with other people uh, thing. All right, my number nine is um, one I would not be surprised if you never heard of it at all. It was on I covered it on Kickstarter, I think, two years ago, maybe last year, and I think it's only just now going out to people. It's so cool. It is the Stygian Society, which is a cooperative fantasy uh, a dungeon crawl game where players have a bunch of characters, and the way combat is resolved is you take a bunch of cubes. If you're like, uh, the example is on screen right now, my paladin, I think, is going to um, throw some blue combat cubes into the dungeon tower. So I guess you're not going through a dungeon, you're climbing up a tower instead of digging deeper into a dungeon. But mm-hmm. whenever you are going to make an attack, which means you're going to throw your own cubes in, you always have to throw in cubes for the bad guys as well. A red, a yellow, and a black. And you take all of those, and let's see, I could have done a better job queuing this up, because this is just me talking endlessly about all this stuff. I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit and say, oh look, so you've got your cubes, you've got the bad guy cubes, you drop them all in, stuff is going to get stuck in the tower. What you throw in is not what's going to come out. And so this is part of the excitement. You can make plans, you've got all the right stuff that's going to go in there, but then when you drop it, stuff that's already stuck in there might get knocked out, that was stuck there from a few rounds ago. And when the cubes come out, if they fall into this little crypt, they become double powerful, which happens sometimes, they kind of bounce around. Um, But if they don't hit the crypt, you basically take them out, and this represents what you can actually do. So like in the example I've got on screen, I threw three blue cubes in, because I wanted to do a big uh, blue attack action. Only two of them came out. And so I can't necessarily pull off the move I thought I was going to do. I have to come up with something else. And also, one of the bad guy cubes came out. And when the bad guy cubes come out, they start to build up over time. Because if they get like three of their red cubes or five of their black cubes, they'll launch some big super counterattack. So we're generally getting a few rounds of trying to throw the right stuff in over and over again while we see the bad guys getting ready for big super attacks. And if we can take them out ahead of time, we um, you know prevent that attack. And instead, little events happen when the bad guy um, cubes come in. But the, the game is absolutely brilliant. I love cube towers. You know, it was originally came out in a queen game many, many years ago called Wallenstein, and then they remade it for Shogun. And then Stefan Fell did a cube tower game called Amerigo, which is one of our favorite games of all time. And when I found a cooperative dungeon crawl that uses it, it's just so brilliant. And there's so many clever things this does with the game. Like, um, you know, all the different things you can do when your characters... I mean, I can say, oh, I'm just going to do this attack, which means I'm going to throw a bunch of these cubes in. Or, I'm not going to attack at all. I'm going to help. And what that means is, I'm not doing anything for myself. I'm picking a bunch of cubes knowing that Tim needs them on his turn. So I will basically seed the tower with these cubes because when they come out, I don't have to use them right away. In the same way the bad guy cubes build up, the good guy cubes can build up as well so that, you know, we are 
our third player is the wizard. They need a lot of white cubes. Okay, well, I'm just going to help by throwing more white cubes in. But then they get stuck in the tower and bad guy cubes come out. And you're like, when are they going to come out? And it's, it's, it's so much more interesting than just rolling dice and trying to get fives or sixes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's just a lot of extra um, strategy that goes into it because of how you are deciding what cubes go into that tower, remembering what cubes are already in there and what might get knocked out at the best time or the worst time. Again, it's super unique, Stygian society. Oh, that sounds... Okay, so my question is, um, with the crypt and cubes landing there, have you noticed a difference between, like, how strong you drop the cubes? Like, versus, like, high, low, (laughs) throwing it in there. I mean, if you literally take them and shove them down. Um... It, it's interesting. Playing a cube tower game with my wife is always very interesting. You're supposed to just literally take them, hold them in your hand, and just release your hand so they just fall straight down from a fixed height. And okay, if you do okay. that, you get... Predi- or not predictable, because the whole point is you don't know what's coming out of this cube. But you, right. you don't get crazy results. Um, my wife tends to... Tends to, I'm going to try and force them through. And sometimes they literally bounce back out the top because there's those shelves <laughs> inside. It's like, honey, uh-huh. all you got to do. But then, you know, you should watch my wife roll dice somehow. Half of her dice end up going off the table if she doesn't have a dice yeah. tray. And so <laughs> I suppose if you have a very exuberant cube dropper, things can go a bit awry. But you know what? Honestly, I don't think it hurts the game because this is not a competitive game. At the end of the day, it's not like you can say, oh, I'm going to use some real finesse to try to drop these cubes in just the right way to beat you. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you can use finesse to help us beat the AI, great. Um, If I recall correctly, you are not supposed to be able to look down the tower and say, oh, I'm going to drop that over there in the top right corner. You keep keep your hand's length and then drop them and they go in. Mm -hmm. I can see you're trying to beat the system already. And I was thinking about it right away, but I was wondering too, was there, is there like a final boss or are they uh, constant hordes of like different types of minions and enemies? It's effectively a randomly generated dungeon. Um, you go through, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly, six floors and on each floor, there's a, a, a randomly drawn collection of bad guys and a scenario. Like mm, okay. um, the scenario that's in this one, uh, the bo- the mini boss of this floor has armor, and as a I forget the yellow cubes are building up. If you can kill him really quick, you can beat him. But he's putting on his armor, and if enough of his cubes come out, he puts on the armor, and then he becomes ten times tougher to beat. And so you oh, have to cool. just okay. yeah, and that's just that's so si- it's really simple and elegant, and it makes interesting. Situ- oh, when we do get a hit, do we try to take him out? If we do that, we're ignoring all these other guys that are putting more things in to heal him up that much faster, or do we? try to take out his little minions and so every floor has its own unique puzzle like that and then on the top floor yes there is a big super epic wizard you have to take out and along the way of course you will have leveled up and become stronger and all of that as well okay that's awesome it's really neat um yeah i I don't think it's gotten a lot of attention yet like i said i'm not sure if it's made it to kickstarter backers yet or if it's just going out now i really do hope as it becomes more widely available because it's just it's so different than anything else out there um, yeah, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, Stygian Society. I highly recommend it. Because but now, we are going to go to your number nine, and I'm just going to click it, and then you, when it comes off screen, can say what it is. I will not steal your thunder a second time. <laughs> Here we okay. go. Number nine is Arcadia Quest. There you um, go. Really big one. Uh, I feel like it's almost a classic, because like, so many people have played it, uh, that, I, that I know of at least. But um, Dungeon Crawler... And I think the main mechanism for this one I really liked was was the dice. Okay. Um, it was the first time I've seen uh, dice have a chaining effect. So, like, when you roll dice, um, I don't know if you're probably familiar with Arcade Quest, but... Um, I am not. When you roll dice... 
Oh, okay, okay. So it's a dungeon crawler. You ha you're controlling different heroes, and it feels kind of like a uh, MMORPG because there's line of sight involved. So okay. where you're placing your heroes um, matters in terms of like building structures, um, and in terms of also like melee versus range attacks, which I thought was really cool. Um, but I think what really won this one over for me was the dice because when you roll the dice, there's uh, one side of it that has a crit side. And when you roll that crit side, it actually allows you to roll more and more dice. So when you oh. get really lucky, it allows you to change this effect, and it just feels so good for them to just be popping off when you get those chances. I have heard Tom Vassell talk about this mechanism many times. He always refers mm -hmm. to it as, as exploding dice. That if, oh, you, yeah, yeah. if you keep getting that six or that star or whatever it is, you just get to keep rolling over and over and over again. And I, I agree. That sounds really, really cool. How often does it happen? Um, not, not too often from the times I've played. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's like a memorable moment. I think that's why I really liked it. Right. Um, I know, I know Tom mentioned it. Um, Jamie mentioned it as one of their fair mechanisms, but it was really fun. I, I thought it was okay until I experienced it myself. And then it's just very satisfying to get those roles, especially when you're in, in a clutch, like in this situation here, they're facing, it's like a ton of different monsters. They're all up and close. So they're probably in trouble yeah. from this picture here. Um, I see in the, in the picture I'm showing, uh, there's black and white dice. What's that? Um, the black dice are, I think one of them are your defense dice and one of them are your attack dice. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, a super popular game and adorable too. Just amazing miniatures. This is from Cool Mini or Not, right? I think? Yes. Uh -huh. Yep. And and so the thing that puts it over the top for you, how, how, if I can ask, if you remember, how does the uh, AI work for the monsters? Is this one of those games where players take turns controlling the monsters, or do they have like just simple always move to the closest player or something like that? Um, from what I remember, it's been a while, but I think they are controlled. Uh, I know I don't think players control them. I think they have like a set system. Uh, I should have to revisit it. To, no, to that's, that's okay. I mean, like I said, you remember, remember dice. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the big thing is. I mean, like I mentioned in the original Runebound, oh, players control the monsters, which is just mm -hmm. such a bummer. And I've seen that in some games. But I'd be willing to bet that they, they're probably smart and they just have a simple set of rules for how they move around. And of course, mm -hmm. it's adorable and it's super popular. It's, this is, I mean, this is like a whole series of games, right? I think. Or, yeah, they came up with like Inferno and a, a ton of different expansions. I think they launched Kickstarter like maybe two or three times for this one. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, so mm -hmm. that is your number nine, Arcadia Quest. And all yes. the various expansions and whatnot because of the ever-popular Exploding Dice. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. All righty. So my number eight is Flick 'em Up, Dead of Winter. And now oh, there okay. are a lot of games, uh, Catacombs and whatnot, that I really enjoy flicking combat, Rampage. Um, but they're, they're always players fighting each other. What makes D Flick 'em Up, Dead of Winter unique is it's another cooperative game. And you say, well, mm -hmm. how can you fight against an AI? How can the game control monsters in a flicking game? Because it's all about dexterity. It's all about actual physical skill of flicking. And that's where the zombie tower comes in. When the zombies get to attack, you put this tower on the board. You grab uh -huh. all the nearby zombies. You put them up on top. And you, you line things up. And then you unleash the zombies by um, you know, letting out this little uh, thing, holding the tower. And then the zombies come uh -huh. tumbling down and try to get you. 
and it replicates a, a, a human player um, with some level of skill, but also some unpredictability actually taking shots at you. And I mm-hmm. love it. It is so awesome to be able to play with Jin cooperatively um, in a game like this. Because I'll be honest, you know, we do like these kinds of games. I'm much better at them than Jen. I mean, she's much better <laughs> than me at everything else. But dexterity uh-huh. games, I can just clean her clock nine times out of ten. So one where we are both working together, you know, being the human, surviving a very cute, cartoony zombie apocalypse. And it's just, you know, the more we move around, the more we shoot, the more noise we make. That means more and more and more zombies get piled up on top of the tower. Um, and, and the more of them are up there, the more they come clattering down and they hit more terrain and all of that. And then when they come out, they're actually lying on their sides, so they're safe for a little bit and you got to wait for them to get back up because you make noise again so there's a lot of really clever stuff in the game but what really makes it special is you know being able to flick discs cooperatively nobody else does it and the thing that drives me insane about this game is it comes with 10 scenarios and only five of them are co-op and the other five are player versus player i take half the humans you take half the humans and we try to kill each other while being chased while we're both chased by zombies and i'm like why I can play regular flick em up I can play catacombs if I want to try and kill Jen. And unfortunately, yeah. all the really cool features like you know pools of acid and whatnot, you don't even get those unless you play the competitive missions. And so it just broke my heart that at least eight of the ten missions weren't cooperative because that's what really makes this special. Um, mm-hmm. And it is. It is very special. You know, the, the disc flicking, all that stuff works really nice as well. Shooting guns, moving through the environment, all that. But yeah, when the zombies come tumbling down and you Hopefully you can be protected by that car you tried to land next to. It's mm-hmm. it's a blast. Like I said, really really unique. Flick 'em up, dead of winter. Do, do you, so, do, yeah, um, I've heard of flick 'em up, but um, I think my biggest question for this game was how. So like the map overall, how do you decide? Since it's so abstract, how do you decide the placement for all of the meeples and the structures? <clears throat> Basically, um, the the, uh, the the mission book that has ten missions shows mm-hmm. you how you're supposed to lay the buildings out. Um, because mm-hmm. each time it represents a different town that your ragtag group comes to to try to scavenge supplies. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, it's pretty flexible. Um, if you've got a gigantic table, you can put those you, you put the buildings relatively next to each other. Oh, this is on the west side of the street. This is on the east side of the street. If you've got a huge table, mm-hmm. put them bigger. Because that just means you can have more fun flicking really hard because you've got oh, bigger right. distance to travel. And if mm-hmm. you don't, if you have a tinier table like what I was filming on, well, that just means mm-hmm. you have to have a lot more finesse. And it works really well. I guess one thing that is interesting is, again, as a cooperative game, it's not like you can mess up the setup. It's just, it's part of the difficulty is how are the buildings arranged to each other. But I guess when you're playing it competitively, as you're laying things out, somebody can say, I'm going to put these two buildings like three inches closer to each other because I plan on going into both those buildings and I want them really close because they're close to where I start. So I guess that could be, I've never played it competitively. That could be an issue Mm -hmm. with the competitive game. But in the co-op game, it's, it's just silly fun. And uh, again, it's just part of the variable difficulty, the way you lay the town out. Got it. That sounds, that sounds really cool. It is. It is so neat. Um, there were some other issues. You know, the rule book wasn't quite great, but I, there's been some nice FAQs written up on Board Game Geek and all of that. So yeah, I, I, I really recommend it. Uh, if you like flicking and you want to have an experience unlike any other flicking game out there. Oh, should we talk just a little bit more so we get one more? Let me go ahead and skip ahead. We're about to get one more attack from the zombies. That, that person's in trouble. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> and 
Yeah, there. didn't have a chance. Oh, so she just yep. took a hit. Um, but now that she's down, no one else can attack her until her turn comes around when she gets back up and all of that. Really, really sharp game. My number eight, Flick 'em Up, Dead of Winter. Okay, now yes. let's move on to your number eight. Alrighty, I am clicking, and it'll take a second to open up, and then it will be revealed to all. Dwellings of Eldervale, my number eight. So this one, um, overall, the game is incredibly fun. I think it's one of my favorite games. Um, maybe might make my top ten later on this year, but wow. we've had a lot of a lot of fun with this one. Um, so you're playing with a ton of different factions. You have a ton of factions to choose from. Uh, you're going across the map. You're uh, exploring different locations and battling monsters and um, just generating a lot of resources and there's just a ton of things going on. You can visit dungeons um, and with battles specifically, so you'll notice how like there's a dragon, a wizard, uh, and like little warrior meeples. All of those have different abilities depending on which faction that you chose. And they also have different movements and also a different amount of dice that they give you. So for instance, a dragon will give you uh, three dice. And I think what's really fun about this game is that you can kind of bid for your army's strength. So there's a progressive layer layering system here. So it goes, uh, when you start combat, you initiate it with the same, you, you initiating a strength of an army versus their strength of an army when they meet in one tile. Okay. Or one, one region like a volcano or a lake, wherever you are. And then from there, um, players can add dice depending on um, what they do from here. So they can gather their army strength from around uh, adjacent regions. And then afterwards, they can also add in like swords for resources to add in more dice. But the dice caps at seven. Mm. So even if someone has you know only two or three dice, and it's happened before uh, from when we played with me and my fiance, um, she had two dice and I just you know threw everything out on the table and had seven dice. And I still lost because their priority system uh, at the end of the battle is whoever rolls the highest number. So she rolls the highest number and I roll you know like six and then I roll uh, a, like four sets of fours, then she would still win that battle. Yeah, but she went in with two dice but rolled a two and a six, so her score yeah. was six. You went in with uh -huh. seven dice and you didn't do anything <laughs> better than a three or four because that could exactly. happen and she could have uh -huh. a big super come from behind surprise win. Yeah, exactly. And then it's frustrating if you're on the other end, but <laughs> if you're on her end, yeah, it's incredibly fun, very satisfying. Um, love this game. It's a huge, massive game, epic scale. Um, you can probably see the theme of how I like games too. They're just like really big, massive, immersive games. And oh, I definitely. also really like um, the elemental factor of this game as well. Uh, like water, earth, fire, wind, mm -hmm. all of those elements, the attributes of those elements are incorporated into uh, the cards. Uh, for, exa for example, I think water, um, there's a lot of defensive attributes, and fire, there's a lot of aggressive attributes for, for fighting, and I, I love that. It's mm. an incredibly fun game. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's a worker placement game where you can make mm -hmm. your workers fight each other. Right. Um, how much time it. do you spend in this game fighting? Because I know the other thing is there's big monsters that mm -hmm. show up on the board, and after players move, the monsters will move around and try to chase you around and stuff like that. How much mm -hmm. of your focus, how much fighting is player versus player versus uh, up against the monsters? Um, it de it depends. It's very variable. Um, some games will be you know fighting each other every other round. Other games will we only fight like once or twice. Uh, it also depends. It depends on the faction you're playing with. It depends on which monsters are in play because some monsters are more docile. Some more. Some are more aggressive. So it it really depends. Can I ask? Yeah. Do you have this crazy deluxe edition where the monsters <laughs> are big um, uh, miniatures that are on these weird standees that, you, as you move them around, the monsters literally roar and growl and make noises? <laughs> yes, I have the I have the legend edition where they have sound effects bases. I thought 
at first that they were going to be really cheesy. But for whatever reason, it just ended up being really fun and satisfying to just hear. It's loud though, so if oh, you're playing it? at night, I wouldn't I would recommend turning it off because it's pretty loud. <laughs> yeah, but. when I when I heard about those, I thought, wow, that is something new. And actually, I, I yeah. really like it a lot. Just for me and Jen, too much player versus player stuff. Although as I understand yeah. it, the player versus player isn't too punishing because you don't no, lose your workers. They just go to the underworld, and then you have to recall them from the underworld instead of from the main board or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Folks want to know more about it. Um, Shay, my other contributor to the channel, recently covered this game and actually went into. So I, this one I'm a bit more knowledgeable about. I should have actually had Shay's video on screen all this time. Sorry, Shay, wherever you are. <laughs> but yeah, this is a super hot game right now. Incredibly popular. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and it's all, but the the for you, the the thing that really makes it stand out is that really simple mechanism of yeah, it doesn't matter how many dice I'm rolling, it just matters how high I roll, and mm -hmm. you can just mitigate layering. that. Yeah, so it's yep. super simple and elegant, and yet still surprising and dramatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Yep, Alrighty, okay. that is an excellent choice. Uh, your that was where are we at? We're at number that was your number eight, right? Eight. Mm -hmm. Okay, then let's move on to my number seven. Rattle, battle, grab the loot. As you can see, all of mine are really far out. All of mine are players fighting the game, not each other. And <laughs> what really makes this game special is it's all about naval combat between um, you know pirate ships and merchant ships and um, you know the, the the royal navies of the different countries. When you are getting ready to have a big battle, because half of the game is just going to port, spending your booty to be able to level up your ship and recruit more crew and get stronger and all that. But eventually you have to set sail and all players set sail at the same time and you draw a scenario card that tells you here's all the enemy ships that you're going to go up against and then you take all of the dice that represents your fleet of ships and your opponent takes all the dice that represents their fleet of ships you have different types of dice special dice regular dice and eventually um, once you've gotten them all and it looks like I'm going to talk about it forever so let me go on ahead and skip ahead when you've gotten the full set of all these ships that are going to appear you take them all and I'm trying to do this one-handed in the video so that's going to be difficult Let's see. I might. I, I probably. Yes. I'm gonna actually put the box down so I could do this. So I could actually rattle, uh -huh. and then um, you battle because all the dice go flying everywhere, as you might imagine. Wow. And then mm -hmm. what follows is a turn-based tactical, effectively dudes on a map game where you had a completely randomly generated world that you are fighting in. And players are not fighting each other. We are in a race to uh, take out those tasty, high-scoring merchant ships while avoiding all of the uh, Navy ships that are trying to destroy us. And so, when everything comes down, it's a really simple task on one level of saying, well, um, you know, are, 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 is my dice close enough to this thing? Okay, it's going to hit me, or I'm going to hit it. And you just basically, on the simplest level, you kind of go through this drafting thing where players take turns saying, oh, well, I took that one out, I took that one out, you took that one out, oh, I took a hit from this, so I lost one of my ships, it sunk mm -hmm. to Davy Jones's locker and all of that. So it's a quick and easy thing to resolve at first. But what happens is, as you play through the game and you level up your ship, and you um, start getting extra cannons or um, you know, uh, grappling hooks or all kinds of various and sundry upgrades, that turn-based uh, portion of the game is more than just seeing, okay, who was closest to this merchant ship? Oh, I, my die was closer than yours. I won it. You didn't. You know, It starts out very lucky, but then you start using all your upgrades, and it lets you move your ships around. It lets you, um, you know, avoid detection from enemy ships. You have, all the, you, you, you have crew members that will let you do special actions as well. And by the end of the game, 
game when you've got a ton of upgrades and um, you're going against these massive big enemy ship fleets, it actually can take quite a while to resolve because there's a lot to think about. Because, okay, am I really going to focus this one? Am I going to move this one over here so it can take the hit so my other one is protected because the Spanish Galleon is coming in? And there, there's a lot to it. And if you get the expansion which I forget, it's called like Dead Seas or something like that. They also uh -huh. start throwing in um, islands and whirlpools and stuff like that that are also part of the map. So now you, oh, wow. are, you can get sucked into whirlpools or you can start flicking things if you've got special or you can throw dice in after the drop to move it around. So there's a lot of creativity in what is really, at its heart, a very simple puzzle. Um, you rattle... You, 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 you drop them, and you battle, and then you grab the loot. This has been me talking at great length about all the stuff I haven't... I've been trying to... If I could just stop talking and actually start resolving things instead of talking about all the different ways. But it gives you an idea of just how much complexity there can be when you're deciding which one you're going to take out, who's going to take you out, and all the rest of it. And I do believe there are some missions where you can actually attack each other as well. Because it sounds like that's going to be more your speed, Tim. Mm. So is there also like a, a catch-up mechanism? Like, let's say if all your dice rolls ended up being um, really bad for one turn, like, are you going to progressively start sinking, or is there a way for you to kind of just get yourself back up? You have very astutely hit upon, I would say, what is probably the biggest complaint about this game and why it didn't okay. catch on as much. Uh, Ignacy uh -huh. Trevcek, the uh, designer, although he actually is basing this design on another game called... The Seven Seas, I think, where, you know, is this idea of dropping stuff and then Ignacy turned it into like this big sprawling leveling up adventure game. Mm -hmm. He says in the rule book, please bear in mind, we're just here to have fun. Sometimes oh. the dice will not go your way. Sometimes you'll just be off in the far corner and your dice got stuck there and you're a million miles away from everything. And you just have to sit back and watch as your opponents got the lion's share of the booty. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. That will happen to them eventually as well. Um, but it can be something that a lot of people do find very frustrating because the luck factor in this game is, especially in the first few rounds, before you've started getting um, different powers and whatnot that let you mitigate the luck and take control mm -hmm. of things, those first few rounds, they can be pretty luck swingy. And, mm, uh, and, and again, you, know, it, it, you can either accept that and say, you know what, it's all just fun. Sometimes the winds blew my way, sometimes they blow your way, but for some people, it was a real problem. And I would say it's only a real problem because my biggest complaint about the game is it's long. I mean, this can be upwards oh. of two hours. In a half-hour oh, wow. game, who cares how luck-swingy it is? But right. if the game is going to be really, really long, it, um, it can be a bit more demoralizing, which is another reason I really like the expansion, because the expansion starts you out with high-level ships. The first thing you do is you uh, have a draft. Hey, I draw three crew. I keep one for myself. Give one to my neighbor. Get another. And so you start out with a really elaborate crew and a really decked-out ship. So the game skips over those early, well, this was just all dumb luck and there's nothing I can do, and gets right into the heart, the really meaty part of the game where you're having big complex things you know trying to you know sometimes make lemonade out of lemons and uh yeah it's it's really cool quite unlike well i, I was gonna say quite like like one other game out there the one it's based on uh and yeah we really like it a lot it's a lot of fun i do wish it had a shorter mode that's really my only complaint about rattle battle grab the loot mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting all right I love how they also, the little detail, how they even included all the text in the, the box cover yes. or box lid, yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job there. I mean, it, it, it's, it was clearly designed to be kind of mass market friendly, um, you mm. know, for families to play. But it's weird, the longer it goes, it can get really heavy, really complex as you get yeah. super uh, charged up 
ships. But anyway, so that was my number seven. And now we will move on to yours, which I will click your mysterious link. And here it comes. <laughs> what is it? Here to slay. Um, very, very simple card game. Um, super easy to pick up. But uh, the battle here, I think, is actually very fun, very rewarding. Okay. So I haven't even heard this. Is this out yet? Yeah, it's out. Okay. Uh, I think it came out last year. Yeah, oh, it came okay. out last year. Um, oh, you're right. It says 2020. Yeah, right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it came out last year. Um, so they basically tried to uh, simplify dungeoning. Uh, you're trying to grab a party of heroes. And the goal of this game is to recruit heroes. And you're also going to be battling monsters and um, at the same time confronting other players with different cards. It feels, I don't know if you ever played Yu-Gi-Oh, but it feels like Yu-Gi-Oh because there are a lot of like surprises hidden within uh, the dice pool. So when you're battling, you're rolling dice. Okay. Uh, yes, but you're able to modify the dice with three different types of cards. You have um, you have modifier cards, which can uh, increase or decrease your dice pool. You have um, item cards, which will give you unique abilities. And you also have challenge cards, which I think really make it for me um, in this game. Challenge cards pretty much um, stop, a pro um, stop an opponent from playing any card. Uh, whether they're playing a hero or whether they're playing an item card or uh, anything to disrupt you while you're going on your turn. Okay. And it, it puts you in a, a, a state where you have to roll to see who rolls higher. And then it challenges your card. So if they lose, then you're unable to play that card. And then if you notice here, like with the monster symbol, um, the 7 plus means that you have to roll at least a 7. So if I roll a 5, I can play a modifier to increase my uh, roll to seven, right? So I'll have a plus two modifier, but then an opponent can play a challenge card and then we'll go into that lock battle and it just goes back and forth. There's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of tension in this game just going back and forth and it's very, very fast paced. That's why I really love this game. Okay, yeah. Easy to pick up, easy to introduce to people. Um, and I really liked how they broke down the whole uh, dungeoning uh, RPG experience um, for, especially for new players. I think it's a great gateway game too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, would you say it's mm -hmm. comparable complexity to a Pokemon? Um, I, I think it's way more simple. Way more. Okay. Way oh, really? Okay. Even more yeah. so. I mean, because I was gonna say is like Magic the Gathering, um, which you know Pokemon. Oh yeah, is like way a simpler magic. than Magic. So okay, mm -hmm. this is even lighter than just uh, Pokemon. So it's really, and 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 what's the thing that makes it special for you? The combat. Um, it has to be the challenge cards. Uh, as simple as the sound, just locking another opponent into battle, but being able to challenge every single card that they play, I think is what makes it for me. It's like, it's a hidden card. You, you have no idea who has a challenge card. But mm -hmm. when you play it, um, it disrupts battle instantly. Like someone can almost be on the verge of getting their last hero and recruiting their last archer or bard. You play a challenge card, then they can't play it anymore. And it's just, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's surprisingly very fun. Okay, you're a monster, is basically what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love confronting and just disrupting other people's plans. It's yeah, just, and, 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 that's where, and that's where the magic comes from. There's, mm -hmm. It's just so unpredictable, except you mm -hmm. can predict. I mean, you're still holding on to that card. Is that a challenge card? You would have played it by now. It's probably not yeah. a challenge. Oh, it's a challenge card, that kind of thing. It's all the questions that goes into it that, that makes it for me, yep. Right, right, right. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you like that kind of thing, this is the bomb. This is not the kind mm -hmm. of thing I like, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. What was that? That was your number. Um, that was seven. number seven, right? So mm -hmm. we are on now to six. number six. 
And uh, mine is going to be Assault on Doom Rock. Especially if you include the uh, Doompocalypse expansion, but even the base game. This is, again, another cooperative combat game. And what's not shown in the video that's on screen right now is the combat's actually driven by everybody. Uh, their character has a bunch of cards. You roll dice, and it's kind of like a dice worker placement. Hey, I could put my five on this defense or this offense ability. But what really makes the game special for me is the way the combat plays out. Because... Um, it's basically a bunch of pogs, I guess. Uh, ones oh, okay. that represent your player, like, you know, a, a pog that has a musical note is the bard player, and, um, you know, the, the, the skull heads could be a bunch of goblins or trolls or whatever you're fighting. But there's no grid. Everything is very fluid and freeform. And um, this creates combat that is much more interesting and dynamic because it's not about, oh, the monster's still three feet away, he can only move two, he's going to move two, I'll shoot him and stuff like this. In this game, characters are constantly um, you know, striking each other, striking fear into each other, and it's causing them to basically kind of almost be in a dance where they're in orbit around each other. If two mm -hmm. pogs, a bad guy and a good guy, are literally touching, that means they are in melee combat. If they are not, if they're separated, that means they're in ranged combat. And so you might have creatures who are just kind of floating out in space, trying to get to a human because they have to hit you, and you could be trying to move away from them, but you can punch them into um, like to walls that'll do damage, or into pits, or fire, or whatnot. And it it, it, it's there's just a freedom to it. I mean, aside from the fact that the combat the mechanisms are great, uh, the rolling the dice and trying to decide which cards you're going to spend them on is really deep and very, very satisfying. Because every round, I roll my dice, you roll your dice, we plan, okay, with the dice we've got, and maybe we can change them a little bit and mitigate them to activate different powers, how are we going to play this round out? And then the bad guys counterattack and whatnot. They have all kinds of special abilities. And... I will be the first to admit, it doesn't look like much. I mean, it doesn't help that it doesn't have lots of cool little miniatures because everything <laughs> is represented by pogs, literally. But uh -huh. the freedom and flexibility, um, it feels like, you know, I've never actually played a tabletop role-playing adventure game, you know, Dungeons & Dragons, but uh -huh. I've watched a lot of videos, and the ones that always seem the most interesting to me are the ones where everything's happening inside the player's imaginations, where they come up with interesting, clever stuff. They say, well, okay, I'm just going to jump on the chandelier and swing across the room and try and do an elbow drop on them. And, you know, okay, and then the Dungeon <laughs> Master says, right. oh... Well, okay, I guess that would be this and this and this role. And, um, you know, and, th and there's like this freedom of expression. You don't get that right. in board games. Because board right. games, you are tied to a grid. And you say, well, my character can move three steps. Um, unless I exhaust him, in which case he can move four. That still won't be enough, so what am I going to do? And don't get me wrong, I like that too. But this game... It's, it, it has that same open freedom and, and free-form feel that, again, as a repeating uh, refrain, doesn't feel like anything else on the market, and we really enjoy it quite a bit. And this is only half the game. There's also a explore and level up and do quests portion of the game as well. And after you're done with all that, then you have a big epic fight, and then you move into the next land. Um, I, I, it, it doesn't look like much. You can't judge a book by its color cover. It's so unique, and um, we just it, endlessly innovative and um, replayable, it is my uh, number, what was it, we're number six. Yeah, I've always been interested in like these, um, these freeform map games, but yeah. I've never actually just dive, uh, dove, dove, dived into one. Yeah. So I feel like this one would be a fun one to go into. It is. It's, it's great if you like cooperative games. And it's interesting, mm -hmm. um, like Rattle Battle Grab Loot, I think my only complaint is that it is a little bit on the long side. I mean, you can actually mm -hmm. see in the video, you're, you're starting to see a little bit more how characters, oh yeah, you're on the other side of the map, 
I'm over there now too. Because you are mm -hmm. either by yourself or you're touching something. And when you're not touching mm -hmm. something, you can be touching anything. You can just zip around and you just, it, it, feels, it feels like superhero fights, you know, to me. Uh -huh. And I, I really respect the heck out of it. What are the uh, the two lines, the two vertical lines? Are that like a gateway? Yeah, or the, uh, this uh, in, in the in the one we're looking at right now, those are a couple of chasms. It is literally dividing the room in two, and there are special oh, wow. rules in this. Um, that if you are on one side, you are considered kind of in a different room. And so this was one of the things that Doompocalypse did. It introduced terrain that changes the rules. In the base game, you just have the characters who are moving around, but now you have all these terrains that can change things up. And in, like in this case, it literally splits you into two separate rooms. And there's special rules about how you cannot, if I recall correctly, you cannot do ranged attacks from one room to another. And so uh -huh. there's more positional stuff than there is normally. And this one, if I recall correctly, has the mule. It was like our pack uh -huh. mule. And if a bad guy um, knocks into it, that scares the pack mule. And it will automatically run to the nearest player, wherever they are. And then you'll flip the pack mule to say, oh, it's in a different format now, where um, you can pick stuff out of it because it's dropping everything, because you're having to get it under control. Uh -huh. Really, a lot of clever, neat ideas. And then it's also just a very fun dice worker placement game, too. Which, admittedly, my rule book or my video does not show here, because this was just showing the expansion and how things move around a lot. Yeah, I've always been. I've always wondered um, if there was a game that can change the terrain, and this is the first time I've seen it done in a board game. I think it's, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, and that's mm -hmm. with the expansion. That's what really pushes this is the, the awesome. clever stuff they do um, with terrain. To I mean, it's all it's it's all very abstract, and so a lot of this is just in your mind. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to, I mean, and for some people, hey, I want to see really cool minis like, you know, Arcadia Quest. But for mm -hmm. me and Jen, um, you know, it's just easy to kind of get swept up into the drama and the high velocity and the freedom you have to, mm -hmm. to just be really cool and dynamic and not constrained. There's very little in the way of constraints here other than the dice you roll every round. Right. Those are the constraints. But once you figure out how to use your dice, you are a dervish on the battlefield. And that really makes it feel like very cool. And you have a dog. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's very excited. I think the mail's coming in, that's why. <laughs> oh, okay, and she's uh, literally ripping it out of the mailman's hand. She's going to rip it apart and all that. Yep, yep, I think so, at this yep. rate. Been there many times myself. I was that mailman <laughs> on the other side uh, of oh, the no. Uh, door. Oh, no, no, it's it's fine. I love dogs. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that was my number six, uh, Assault on Doomrock, with the Doompocalypse expansion especially. Your number six, however, is... Ah, ashes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I don't know if the latest one is out yet, but I, I at least meant the original version. Um, yeah, that one, the white box font. Uh, font. Ashes okay, box yeah. font. Mm -hmm. um, love this game. It's a card game. Very, very unique. Um, it it really feels like. Uh, what's the best way to put this? It it feels like a condensed Yu-Gi-Oh card game format. It's okay. really easy to dive into. Um, what I love about it is that you have dice pools um, each round, but you're not limited to, to those specific dice. You have basic dice, you have um, specific character dice, and there are different tiers of dice. And the part that really wins it over me is that you can actually assign your targets um, from cards, and I haven't, at least when I very, when the very first time I played this, I've never seen that done before. What do you mean? Because I've always wanted to, like you can take so if you have um, three cards out, three monsters out, and plus that your you hero summoned, right? Right, that you've summoned. Okay. You can assign targets um, to whoever you're attacking. So if the other person has like three different cards, you can take your Phoenix Born and attack one specific target. You can take ah. the other three creatures and attack, you know, another target. And I love that. 
So it makes me like it makes me reminisce of you of, uh, of Yu-Gi-Oh, and I've been a big fan of Yu-Gi-Oh since day one. So um, Ashes big hit for me. Love yeah. the dice pools. Love being able to target and uh, all the different status conditions uh, that you can induce with different effects and different heroes. And I'm also looking forward to the latest one. Um, I don't know what they've changed just yet, but it, it looks really good, at least the artwork itself. And, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, I've always heard it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, some of the best mm-hmm. art. It, it regularly makes best art in the board game lists and all of mm-hmm. that. And uh, so basically, I, I've never played it. Because oh, okay. I, I did my time in Magic the Gathering, you know, back in the 90s. And uh, <laughs> I don't need to go back. But this is, so, to set, what makes this not a Magic the Gathering game, like you said, if I understand you, is it's not about, oh, I've got all these things and I attack, and then the defender gets to choose how they defend. It's like, no, no, no. I attack this with this and this with this, and then it throws in a healthy dollop of dice play on top of it. It seems like these are mm-hmm. really custom dice. How do they work? Yeah, so, I, am, I have never played Magic, but I would okay. assume... Um, that for Ashes, um, you have a specific hero. I think Mag- Magic, you have like a, a deck of cards set, but this yeah. one, you have a hero that you're tied to, um, and then you can augment and accent the hero with different minions and different creatures that you're able to summon, um, and they're all unique um, player powers. I think that's what's different mm. uh, than than Magic. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I might play it someday, cool. but again... Uh, our, our, I, I'm starting to think, Tim, we're not going to have any overlaps. <laughs> I don't think so. Some, something <laughs> is okay. telling me that, that, you know, we uh, might be on different sides. But so you might six... be going to the last five. Yeah, okay, all right. Maybe. Well, Maybe. fingers crossed. Um, seeing as how you are now a contributor to the channel, but don't <laughs> worry, I'll, I'll make a Care Bear out of you yet. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, Shay, he's been changing over the, I've really, I've gotten into his skin, I think, over the last year or so. But anyway, so that was yeah. your number five, Ashes. I totally understand. Hugely popular series. It's had several expansions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Definitely well loved. Okay. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So that was your number six. My number five, this is one you have definitely not heard of, The Master's Trials. Uh, This is another cooperative fantasy uh, battle game. And the Mm -hmm. way it works is you have this big grid of cards that represent all the different moves your character can do. Um, You know, flying kicks and punches and, you know, healing and all that stuff. And um, each of, you know, in this grid, each row is a different color. And at the Mm -hmm. beginning of your turn, you roll dice that matches, uh, there's one of each color for each of the uh, rows. So you, you roll a red six, you put it in the number six card on the red row. And that tells you what you're going to be able to do this round, which, you know, all the actions you'll be able to do when you're fighting the big boss or the big boss's minions. Because you go through several different rooms in the dungeon, fighting and getting tougher and tougher and leveling up. Because as you earn experience, you can get more powerful cards and lay them onto the grid, replacing old abilities with new, more powerful ones. And that's really great if you roll the die. 
If you yeah. get a card and you put it on slot number six on the red row, you better hope you roll a red six. And I guarantee you never will again um, once you put oh. that there. And it's really interesting. As you're leveling up, you've got a tough choice of whether you are going to put a lot of cards on one row. So no matter what that die rolls, you're going to get cool outcomes. Or do you spread them around so that all your dice are less likely to get really big, cool moves, but you know, you'll know you eventually get a turn where, oh my gosh, I had three super powerful moves, and this is really incredible. And you do have some control, because for every die, if you're like, oh, this turned up on something, I, I literally have no use for this. I don't want to do this right now. Instead of using the die for whatever uh, space it was on, on the big action grid, you can discard that die, and it lets you pick a different die and set it to any value you want. And, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and so if you have three things you want to do um, and only one of them came up, you can sacrifice two dice to make the other two rows give you what you want and pull off really big, super powerful combo strings. And you might think, oh, I never want to do that. I always want to do five dice worth of things. But yeah, if they're little weak things, that's not really the smart strategic thing you can do. You should be using sacrificing your dice to change other dice to do what you really need. And that's a very cool trade-off. And the satisfaction, every time you play... Different cards are going to be available to you that you can level up. So you started out with a very specific a character, although your character is actually a combination of three different boards. Like in the example here, it's a lore master who's an Order of the Glowing Embers, and he wields the Sword of Fury. But he, right off the bat, could be a different... He could be having a different weapon or from a different order or whatever. But then as you get more stuff, you, you, you buy them, you level them up, and you fight bigger and tougher monsters. My one complaint about the game, if I recall correctly, was the... The uh, steps you go through before you get to the big boss, you, you, there, there's kind of some repetition in the little monsters you fight. There's not quite the same variety as when, like in that example I gave for um, Stygian Society, where those mm -hmm. mid-game ones, there's like, wow, there's really interesting scenarios. Here, they're just pretty much just the, the, the cannon fodder you have to fight your way through. But when you do get to the big final boss, uh, Magmaroth himself, he is different every time you play, just like your characters are different every time you play. And so it's okay. very, very satisfying. Another thing I should warn people, this is hard. This is one of the harder co-ops I have played over the last few years. And if I recall correctly, it doesn't really do much to let you adjust difficulty levels. I could be wrong about that. It's been a few years since I played. But the core way you choose your how to how to go forward in combat is so satisfying and so smart. It's actually based on a previous game from the same designer um, where it was more of a euro. The grid was a bunch of buildings you build in your town and you activate the city hall or the 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 merchant or whatever and you're just trying to you know gather resources to make victory points and all that. But then when they could took it and completely changed it to an epic boss fight game, that's when it really came to life and it's really special. I, I, it wow. should get more attention, I think. <clears throat> Very few people have heard of it. It's from publisher AEG, if I recall correctly. Or no, oh, they okay. co-published it with Artipia, if I recall correctly. Okay. Yeah. Is there um, a specific theme that goes with the order of glowing embers versus like the top row or the bottom row? Are they like thematic in some way? Oh, I think I, I, I would have to look at the rule book. Um, if you're saying mm -hmm. I mean, how much thought is put into the to the world. I think mm -hmm. this game caught kind of the, hey, here's the mystical world, and there's these various um, artifacts, orders that have come together to defeat Magmaroth. It's pretty straightforward stuff. I, it's not okay. like this game has gotten, like, you know, Legend of Five Rings in terms of, mm -hmm. like, you know, huge, deep backstory. It's just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, these starting boards determine what the layout of your different starting basic abilities are. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's, it is. It's really cool. It should get more attention. It should really get an expansion, is what it needs. But is, is, is there a different boss, too? Or is Mag Magnaroth? Oh, he's thing. just different you every time, right? You will always fight Magmaroth. 
Um, it's it. just you will fight a different version because Magmaroth has his own deck of cards. And, uh -huh. You know, in the same way we have our, you know, we have all our cards there. He has unique um, cards. So that's something that I think, I, I know people are like, well, I want to have four different bosses instead of one boss who has, you know, like 20 different configurations. People would rather mm -hmm. just have four bosses with unique art. So I do think okay. that is something that kind of held the game back a little bit. That mm -hmm. they're just, there's a, plenty of variety for the players, but not as much for the monsters. I see. Yeah. Good question, though. You were, a, again, very astute to note that because that was definitely a complaint about the game. But the gameplay, mwah! Chef's <laughs> kiss. All righty. We're <laughs> moving on to your number five now. Here it comes. So and... this one, um, I've ah, just started yes. diving into Bloodborne. Um, it's a co-op. I think it's the first co-op on my list. Hooray! Maybe? Yeah. So co-op on my list. Um, I just started diving into it, so I'm not, um, I'm not fully fully aware of everything, all the mechanics that work uh, into it, but it is fun from what I've gone through so far. Um, what I really like about it, combat. So you are exploring okay. dungeons, they're getting revealed. Um, but with combat, it, there's just so many layers to this one, I think that's why it's so fun. So there are no dice, it's okay. just cards. I like the sound of that. Um, it's all strategic, um, it's all cards, and you each round when you're trying to battle monsters, there's like this laying system that they have. So they start with... Um, basic or special attacks or an ability that so the monster will roll over three different types of cards a basic ability a special attack or a ability and then based on what they they're using to attack you then you can respond um, in different ways and then you also have different status cards that you can use like a basic attack for yourself you have a weapon that you can slot and you have like different cards that you can open up more slots to to add you know and uh, to empower your weapon as you're fighting um, different monsters with different abilities and techniques and there's just so much going on in this game um, but it all revolves around your player board using um, a specific weapon that you can empower and that you can also swing around and i think what really uh, wins me over for this game is that I feel like it's the first time I've seen um, a game really emulate a video game. Oh, like I've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen like. This is uh, based on a video game, isn't it? Isn't yeah. This is based on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I've never played the video game itself, but um, I played similar games where you know you're going around a town and you're attacking monsters, but when you're pressing like those buttons like X, Y, A, and so and so forth, it feels like that when you're playing this game, and I think that's what's wow. really cool. Yeah, it's I've never seen that in tabletop form, and this is the the first time I'm experiencing that, which is why I just think it's amazing, and I can't wait to dive more into it. And so, I mean, are you? I mean, this is your first co-op, and everything you've mm -hmm. talked about up till now is really cutthroat, you know. <laughs> so, are you not one that tends towards co-ops generally, or? Um, I usually don't dive into co-ops too often because I think the the main thing about co-ops is that it doesn't feel like you're making individual decisions mm. um when you're from all the clubs that i played like like pandemic i'm not yeah. the biggest fan of pandemic <laughs> so so like things like that when you say you don't feel like is it because this game you're more on your own or your characters are so complex it's not like you you, you, you spend less time trying to figure out right okay if you do this and i do this and the other thing it's more like oh we're just all out there we're that. video game characters just mm -hmm. kicking monster butt Kind of a thing. Yeah, the latter. Exactly what you said. Okay. Just, just exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. And it's... Uh, so, if it's diceless, what mm -hmm. is... I mean, is there some still kind of random factor? Do you roll a die... Or do you draw a die... Or for a deck for cards that gives you plus one, minus one type stuff? Or or mm -hmm. is it is it all procedural? You know exactly what's going to happen. And it's just a figuring out how to use all these complex, interconnected 
elements. Um, there, I think there are two two things. I think two things that I know um, are random. One is what the monster is going to use. Okay. Um, you don't know if they're going to use their basic ability or special or their ability, which okay. is not an attack, but it's you going to You know what all their abilities kind of are. Effect. You can see what they are, but you just don't know what they're going to do from turn to turn. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the second part, I think, is in the cards that you have and how you're able to slot them. Because I think the cards that you draw are random. Um, and then ah, how you're okay. able to so use what them you've got on the in board. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, this and this just came out, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just came out. I actually just received my copy um, maybe a week ago. Yeah, and it obviously has lots of very cool miniatures, especially right, the production. Yep. Yeah. So you dig it. Well, clearly you dig it. This is your number five, right? Yep. Wow. Number okay. Five. Well, yeah, I've, I've, uh, it seems like there's a lot of excitement about it right now. And come to think of it, the fact that there's no dice makes me wonder, why am I not trying this game out? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I might have to look into it a little bit more closely now. Because, I mean, so far... You've had nothing but goose eggs as far as I'm concerned. But this <laughs> right. one, you have intrigued me, sir, with Bloodborne, your number five. All yep. right. Let's see here. I need to clear up some tabs. All right. Where am I? Uh, my number five. No, we're on to number four now. Four. Okay. Four, huh? My number four. Um, oh, man. Here's another one that you've probably never heard of. Most people haven't heard of. It, had a, it was a pretty successful Kickstarter, and I think it does have a diehard coterie of fans. It's called Vengeance. And um, okay. it's not a cooperative, for once. Although it is a game where, for the most part, basically, this is effectively a revenge movie turned into board game format. You know, like Kill Bill or something like that. Where you were wronged, and you are going to go down, you're going to train, you're going to become stronger, and you're going to go down and take out the gang that wronged you. Uh, you know, killed your dog, or whatever it might have been, if you're thinking. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember if there are any dog killings. I don't believe there are. Uh, it's just referring to John Wick there. Um, <laughs> but it is a very cinematic action game because um, you find yourself... There's half of the game which is all about the training and the doing reconnaissance to find out what's going on with the gang and you know leveling up and all that. But then after you're done with that, the combat is you come into a, a little you know a hideout, a den for the gang. You roll your dice that are based on what your skills are, your weapons are, and um, you use them. I mean, you know, they're, they're custom dice that say you can move, you can attack, you can always move for free and then use one die. And then if you're in a room with bad guys, they will counterattack. And what makes this game so special is, I mean, it, this could be, I, I don't know if this was the intent, but if you remember Kill Bill, the bride mm -hmm. taking on, you know, the, what was it, the Crazy Eights, and just taking on tons and tons of bad guys that were surrounding yeah. her at all times, and she was just mm -hmm. everywhere, super fast, running up banisters, and, and, you know, swinging across things, and just constantly in motion, that's what this oh, game is all about. Um, this is uh, not a game where you come into the air and say, oh, there's some bad guys, I guess I'll spend a few rounds just beating them, you roll your dice, and basically... Basically, you have three dice rolls, almost like Yahtzee. You roll, mm -hmm. you get to re-roll, and you get to re-roll. After you roll, you can use the dice and um, you know to do something, and then the dice you didn't use, you re-roll to do something else. And the stuff you are doing is, like in the demo I just showed, I came in, there's a bunch of bad guys, but because I was able to use dice manipulation, I had a power that could turn a, uh, an attack into an extra move, I was able to do a double move to skip all the guys in the start room, go directly to the final boss room, and combine several dice into one big super kill, and take him out. And you know, I, and when you're playing this, you can imagine 
again, Uma Thurman from Kill Bill or mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves from uh, you know John Wick, just making yeah. all these incredible. You're just fast, you're fluid, and um, you know, of course you are restricted to the dice you roll. And sometimes you're like, oh well. I guess I'm going to be staying in this room because um, some dice let you shoot from a distance, some let you attack, and some let you move. But it depends on what your character abilities are and the way you combine these to just pull off big super moves. You have three rounds to clear all the bad guys out, other and, and, which means gives you like the maximum points because you've gotten your vengeance. If you don't quite do that, you leave anyway, and you only got some vengeance, and you get hurt. And the thing is, you you uh you know you get a lot of cards that are weapons and skills and all that, but you do get these uh, damage. Uh, Taking damage in this game, what it really does is it gives you new objectives. Because, oh, you broke my arm! Now I want vengeance even more, and I will get even more points for taking this uh, for for this gang out, and and that's just like a really cool narrative feel it has. Um, that's uh, really really special. But I mean, you know, so it does a lot of storytelling with big bosses, lots of miniatures. The miniatures themselves are bigger than most games. I don't know the sizes, but you know they're like thirty percent taller, and so they got lots of detail. But it's really just all about you get three rolls of those dice, and if you can leverage them and manipulate them, because you do a lot of dice uh, manipulation in the game, you can pull off just really big, super powerful things. I mean, you could literally be an old bag lady, um, and yet, I mean, you're, you're just like, again, I'm gonna, I'm, I can't think of a better term than whirling dervish of death as you come in yeah. here. My only complaint is, I mean, I like everything about the game, except that it is set in the modern day, and it is a revenge fantasy film, very game, just like John Wick or what have you, and... Mm. Uh, Jen does not, my wife does not care for that subject matter at all. Um, This is, uh, she has a hard time. So it has a very good solo mode too. Um, And actually, I believe one of the expansions has the director's cut where maybe you would enjoy it more because one player can be the director of the movie. And that means Uh they are actually making choices for the uh, thugs when you go into fight. Instead of the thugs, the thugs are just like, yeah, well, you hold still just for half a second so we can actually hit you. But um, with the director's cut, you can actually start controlling them as well so it can become a player versus player thing. Instead of more, in their standard game, it's a race where we're trying to earn vengeance the fastest, most efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. I have heard for years that we might see new versions of this, and I really hope it's true. Uh, because, you know, you may have noticed, all my games up to now have been fantasy. And um, if this were a fantasy thing, going into a dungeon, fighting a lot, I mean, Jen would love it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I because... Yeah, and, and so, maybe somewhere down the road. But if you enjoy the subject matter, and obviously, you know, Revenge Flicks, Equalizer, I mean, there's, you know, uh, Death Wish. You know, it's, it's been such a major part of, of cinema for so long. And this uh-huh. game... It's just focuses on a laser of creating that feel, of making you feel like you are John Wick, um, you know, getting your revenge. Uh, it's it's really very very cool, very fast playing, and just really full of clever stuff. My number four, Vengeance. Yeah, this one sounds really fun. Um, I feel like I would definitely love this game. But my question was for um, the ven- the actual vengeance part. Like you, you mentioned earlier, like if you have like a broken arm, yeah. How how does the game reward you, or how does it like help you? Uh, take revenge. Like, are, do you get stat bonuses after you get hurt or damaged? Or? Well, basically, you have objective cards. Uh, I think you can uh-huh. probably see them every once in a while that you want to take out this particular guy. And in uh-huh. fact, actually, what, there is a set collection element. That's what I was talking about. When you know, the more a given gang beats you up, you get more of these objective cards. So that when you do eventually take down the gang, they'll all score. And I oh, and if I recall correctly, there's like mixes and matches you can do between the different gangs. I might be remembering that wrong. 
But yeah, uh, you know, in the same way that you level up, I mean, it's it's like you level up to get better weapons and armor or skills. You can kind of see them mm -hmm. on the left side over there. You know, they, they give you different things you can do with your dice because you learn um, my little friend or medicine or whatever it might be. But then getting the actual vengeance cards, those are almost like an upgrade too because they are giving you new objectives to try and take stuff down. And I mean, that was actually just really cool. And again, fits that... Oh, I'm coming for you. Um, you know, <laughs> first you took my car, then you broke my arm. At the end of the game, when I finally take you down, it'll be sweet, and I'll get a lot more points. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds very fun. It's really far out. Um, right. So, that was my number four. Back to your list. D-D-D. Here we go. Ah, yes. Very popular. Rising Sun. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know this one. Um, I, I just realized how many uh, games I have on my list from Simon. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so Rising Sun, um, reason why I really like this game. Uh, so a quick premise, uh, you are playing with different clans from, um, from all different... You're playing with all different. You're playing with clans with all different types of unique abilities, mm -hmm. and what I really love about this game um, is in the combat, of course. So of course, in the combat, I think it's the first time I've seen. You're usually for combat, like you roll dice and then you kind of just uh, resolve the dice uh, from there, or you you have a strength of an army and you resolve the number from the army. But right. here, they approach battle very differently from what I've seen before. So like you can sacrifice um, different parts of your army in order to um i think they it's yeah commit seppuku is what they is what they call it okay yeah yeah so you're sacrificing forces in order to gain um a different resource which is honor in the game um you can take hostage of an opponent's figure and then they have to end up paying you if they want to uh, actually retrieve that figure back ah um and then there are two other things one was the so there are also these resources called ronin tokens and they increase your army strength so those um end up acting towards, uh, end up, uh, was it, contributing towards the bidding system. And at the very end of all the battle, so the, after those three, four things happen, um, there's this bidding system where you can actually uh, spend money and currency um, in order to, in order to um, bet on the battle. So if you win the battle, then oh. you win all the points in that entire battle, if you win. Wow. And so are those public bets? Um, no, they're private, and then they're okay. all at once. So um, I think that's why I really loved it because it wasn't it was totally different type of it was totally different approach to battle mm -hmm. and I loved that so it was incredibly fun specifically the uh, the secret waging about whether I does the game have something like where I bet I'm gonna lose and you could go in and lose or does yes it not, yes it, you oh, can. so it you does can, do that so yeah, you, you can, can literally lose. throw the fight because you bet against yourself right you can purposely wow. lose so. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely like so many ways to approach the game. So many unique abilities and factions, and well, yeah, obviously the production stuff. quality is top notch. But yeah, incredible game. So I, mean, I just I... wish that there was a two player option. <laughs> so. Oh, is that true? There's no two player. It's three yeah, player it's minimum. Yeah, three. Yeah, three player minimum. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe but I can see why. It's because of the bidding. Well, no, you can have you can have interesting two player options, but no. Okay, yeah, in this game where it's secret bidding. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You do need to have a little bit more unpredictability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I had no idea that it included that. I just saw, oh, it's a dude on a map game. Lots of dudes. Yeah. You probably just <laughs> push all your dudes and, oh, you lost some dudes and you get some other dudes or dudettes yeah, or no, monsters there's, or there's what have way you. way more to that than this, yeah. How is combat resolved? I mean, so there's no dice. 
it mm-hmm. just superior numbers at the end of the day when oh we're going to resolve yes. this particular area? I've got more stuff than you, or are are you then playing extra stuff on top of that? Or um, I I'm pretty sure it ended up being army strength in the very end, but what what really makes it is the bidding system. Right. Right. So you yeah. can bet, and then you win like that entire. And it's not just that. So because there's three players involved, it's everyone involved in that region bidding for that territory. Right. So. Wow. No, that is that yeah. is really interesting. I I had not heard. I mean, I've heard of this game. Obviously, it's another incredibly popular game from Eric mm-hmm. Lang. Um, I had no idea there was that extra level of depth. That is very yeah. very interesting. All right. Cool. So that is your number four, Rising Sun. And uh, hopefully it'll get that two-player expansion for you someday. It's very popular. I hope so. I'm sure sure they're working on it, even as we speak. Okay. (laughs) So uh, that was your number four. My number three, here is, this is, I'm thinking this might be, uh, we have two chances for crossover. This might be one of them. Okay. Okay. Marvel Champions. Oh, I was just going to put, okay. I I almost put it. Anyways. Oh, something might be coming. Okay. Well, that's very exciting. I love Marvel Champions so, 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 so much. We were actually, before we started filming, we were just talking about how um, we are in a holding pattern waiting for the final episode of WandaVision, which is, uh, we're both West Coast. I'm going to be there at 12.15. You can't get there at midnight because the servers break down. you got to wait about 15 minutes (laughs) until you can actually start streaming. Um, So I've always loved Marvel all my life, so I was predisposed to like this. But I think I would love this game. If it were DC characters, which I have to admit I don't care about at all. And um, it is because of this game's unique approach to combat. There are lots of card combat games. You know, I mean, ever since Magic the Gathering blew up 20 years ago, I guess, um, there have been publishers coming up with new and interesting ways to have a bunch of cards that combo well together to create interesting, you know, cause and effect chains. And, And this game does all that stuff very well. But what really makes it special for me, aside from my deep abiding love of all things Marvel Comics, is the the scope because this game does not represent just one fight like uh like magic the gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh or what have you um mm-hmm. because there's a villain you're going up against they have a scheme and it's going to take them a while to finish that scheme whether it's you know break into some uh facility or hunt down their enemies or escape from something they are working on it and every round where i put on my super suit i put on my captain america pajamas or uh ms marvel or whatever and i directly engage in fighting with them that's the equivalent of a comic book you know a, a page or two of, of fight panels and maybe i'll have a couple of rounds where i've got a bunch of cards i've, I've powered myself up but i take a beating as well Eventually, Eventually, though, what really makes this game special is I have to leave. Um, We are going to lose if I don't get out of here. So one of the things you can do on your turn is flip your card over to switch from being in your super suit to being in your day clothes. And then that represents like, I'm just going to go back to my life as a mild-mannered reporter or a lawyer or an artist or whatever it is. And, um, And that gives you a chance to heal back up. And maybe, depending on what character you're playing, do some cool um, regular stuff that can help thwart the bad guys. But while you are off the battlefield, the bad guys say, oh, those heroes are gone. Good. I can get back to completing my massive plot because I can win by either taking out all the heroes if they're stupid enough to fight um, you know, and not retreat, or I can finish whatever my master plan is. And um, so you're always under pressure. And I just 
love the stories that evolve from this game, that feel like not just one single episode of a comic, but like a year's worth of comics, where, you know, Spider-Man goes out, he has some early, but then he gets beaten all to crap, and he runs back, and, you know, is, he heals with the help of Aunt May, and meanwhile, the villains are one step closer, and he goes back out, but now he actually brings in some allies, because there's ally cards, there's event cards, there's all kinds of things you can do, and they help him put it down. I have never played a game of this where it didn't feel like I was having a really cool comic book adventure. It almost feels like there's a comic book writer making all these things happen that makes it feel like a real Marvel story. And yet it's not. It's just a really amazing, smartly designed combination of tons of different mechanisms that just come together really nicely. And there are a lot of games like this because, again, Magic the Gathering is still the biggest thing in the board gaming industry. Um, and a lot of times games like this have a tendency to get crazy overcomplicated. This one does not. It's much more simple and streamlined. Most of what you need to remember can be summed up on one player aid card. And uh, yeah, of course, I love it because I love Marvel so much. But I also love it because the scope of combat is very, very different. It's not just one dungeon crawl. It, it's like representing months in the life of these characters that I love so much. And, uh, and but then on top of that, the combat is really cool too. The single most important element of it is it's all very procedural. I know exactly what my cards can do. Um, you know, there's no randomness. I know exactly what I'm going to be able to pull off. But then when the bad guys go, they've got a deck of cards, and they're multi-use cards. They draw these cards sometime to boost what they're trying to do, um, so they hit me even harder than I thought they were going to hit me, or they they uh, scheme even harder than I thought they were going to scheme. But the cards have another function, because every round, a card gets applied to you not for its boost function, but for um, you know creating a new event, uh, a minion that chases you down and will keep hounding you no matter what, or events that make the bad guy more powerful. It all comes together so beautifully. It's uh, smooth playing, and I love it, I love it. I love it so much. It is my number three Marvel Champions. That's, that's so funny because I I I knew if I played this game, it would have made it on ah. my list. Um, but I haven't got a chance to play it yet. I was waiting for the Doctor Strange expansion, and I got that. Right. But I haven't got around to playing it. And I heard there's also going to be like a, a Moon Knight expansion, maybe. I maybe wrong. I don't know. I do not remember hearing that. I know there's going to be a Moon Knight TV show, apparently. I seem to recall oh, yeah, that, that rumor. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, you got to assume eventually there will be. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Moon Knight is an ally character in one of the expansions. I mean, I could find out. I could just literally go. There's several card databases that list everything and help you yeah. combo and create strategies and all that. So Moon Knight, until you, until Moon, until you can team up Moon Knight and <laughs> Doctor Strange, it's going to stay on yourself is what you're saying. No, I'm going to play it way before then. I, I actually want to play it like hopefully within the next week because now that you talked about it, it just got me really excited oh, about it because I'm a huge Marvel fan too. It's just, I love it. Yeah, I you, love that this game sounds amazing. Yes, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's it's hugely popular. It's you know, in in the year it's been out, I think it's got like over a dozen expansions, and they're constantly mm -hmm. bringing out new stuff. Although, for people who say, oh, I don't want to get this, it's just a money sink, the base game, which comes with five heroes and three villains, gives you tons of replayability right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. You don't get this game, and then you think, oh well. Uh, I, now I got to invest a lot of money to make it worthwhile. It just the base mm -hmm. box has so much replay in it. It's it's. I love it. It's my number three, but I love things, other things even more. Yeah. Meanwhile, your number three, what could it be? Here it comes. Um, okay. <laughs> so I know this one is going to be like probably like the biggest surprise of the list. So Legend of Korra. Um, very surprising, um, but the combat is actually really, really fun. So Set the stage for game, me. What's happening? Is this, is this, this is a tournament game, right? 
Yeah, so um, I don't know if you're familiar with, with the with the show, but it's based on uh, the actual show where they're in an arena. Okay. And the the goal is to push each other off, and oh, you have it's like sumo types. wrestling kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Okay. You're you're pushing each other off with different elements. So mm. um, each person is is assigned um, three elements. They have an earthbender, a firebender, and a waterbender. Basically, heroes that can manipulate those specific elements. And you have this set team that has uh, different attributes. They, they all have different unique attributes. So each player is controlling three characters in the team. Yes, each okay. player. Yep. And they're dueling each other. And how the duel works is you're playing uh, a card, and that card acts like a and acts like an actual element from the game. So for example, um, one of them I think was like water torrent or something. And then you'll actually stack, um, you know, three to five tokens. Um, across different tiles that you'll see there. And they, they're actually stacking across like different tiles. And it's really cool because you can actually spread out the damage. You can layer tiles on one, sp uh, layer uh, those damage tiles across one region. Okay. Or you can spread them out uh, in an arc, or it, de it depends on who you're playing with. But what's really cool is that there's this back and forth. So if I were to start and I were to you know bust out with a fireball attack, and I can layer across that first blue row, then in, uh, on their turn, they can respond to that by using attack to, to get rid of the fire tokens mm -hmm. and then also add on damage to the other side. So mm -hmm. there's just this constant back and forth um, kind of like puzzle mechanism that, that everyone's playing with. And they even have like special abilities and like ultimate abilities that add on like, you know, tens and 12, 12 different tiles. And it's just, I think what's really cool about it is that it makes you really feel like an elemental bender from the show. Like uh -huh. there is just all of this damage spread that you can calculate every turn. And it's really fun. So these tokens, they, they, they get spread out on the board based on the mm -hmm. cards you play and it shows the patterns that you do and whatnot. And they stick around. Yes. So it's, they, like, um, it's like you're setting the ring on fire or you're flooding the ring kind of a thing. Yes, um, they're, they're actually removed after every other turn. Oh. But there are different status abilities depending on which team that you play with. Like for example, um, the Hornets, they actually sting you. So you're paralyzed and stuck in that space unless you're able to get rid of that token by using another elemental power. Okay. Mm -hmm. do, once, they, once the elements are out, do they affect everybody or does a player have ownership of the elements they've summoned? Um, the player has ownership of the elements that they've summoned. Okay, okay. So it's not like they're creating, oh, this is fire, and oh, how, I'm really glad you created that fire, because now I can use it to summon a fire snake or something like that. It's, no, no, it's no, they still... have to get rid of it. Okay, yeah. Like like yeah. in this picture, it's, okay, this is one player's fire, that's another player's fire, because they're different colors kind right. of a thing. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And this is an example of using a water sprout, no doubt, to probably take care of this fire, I assume. Right. And of so course, there's, like, there's movement involved in everything, too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So, more dueling. <laughs> yeah, more dueling. But, I mean, this one, obviously, this is your number three. So this totally yeah. trumps the other ones. And it's, it's yeah, because really of fun. the creativity of how you are basically... Fit, you're modifying the world. Yeah, it's very, it's very immersive. Um, it really feels like you're actually bending elements yeah. um, in the game because you're, you're, you're maneuvering and trying to get rid of all of these things. And it's just... It's really fun. It's incredible. Cool. All right. It's probably because I'm, I'm a big fan of the show, too. That's probably why. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be the first to admit, I'm a big fan of Marvel Champions. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. part of why it ranks so high for me. So, yeah, double. But, okay, yeah, that sounds really cool. I mean, because a lot of times these dueling games, you know, going back to Magic the Gathering, the, 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 the fighting area is completely abstracted out. But right. in this game, it's all about manipulating the world as it is mm -hmm. about actually doing damage. And that's, that's fairly cool. Yeah, there's a lot of tension because, like, if you see like the the green character in the back over there, yeah. Um, once you get pushed off, then your character oh. is completely gone. Oh wow! Yeah, is there so any way that you know if if I've had two 
pushed off and, and you've only had one pushed off, is there anything that kind of lets me catch up? Um, there, uh, I don't think there's anything specific, but there are ultimate abilities. Like if you've been saving an ultimate okay. for that one moment, mm -hmm. um, it can turn the tide around completely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually really cool too, that you're not going for kills. You are literally, I mean, the characters never die. It's just, you keep trying to push them off the push board. Push them off. Wow. That once they're off the board, then they're gone from the game completely. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that is unique. All right. Well, let's see if it's unique as my number two, Project Elite. Now, oh, I assume okay. you're familiar with this. No, I'm actually not. Oh, this is another one I was thinking maybe we'd have some overlap. It's awesome. <laughs> Although, again, it's another cooperative combat game, and uh, mm -hmm. we have clearly established, and we are sticking to this schism. And um, <laughs> All right. The one time you came up with a co-op is the one I hadn't played yet. Um, yeah. Right. But anyway, this is a big, real-time cooperative game. And you mentioned video games earlier. This is the game that truly feels like a video game come to life. Like we were playing some kind of Swarms of Aliens, James Cameron's Alien-style game, where we're running around as fast as we can. The way it works is, when you start the timer, with as a two-minute timer, players roll the, and re-roll their dice as fast as they can. Because you are trying to get the right die faces to activate your weapons, or to move mm -hmm. around, um, or to do special cool abilities, because there's a constant onslaught of monsters coming. And they're just trying to... It, they're, they're almost like MOBA monsters. They started A, they try to get to B. If they do, we lose. So we have to constantly fight them back and push them back and keep them from reaching their end goal. But the thing is, every time I roll or re-roll my dice, if my dice have a, uh, uh, a skull on it, that means before I can do anything with my dice, because maybe I rolled what I needed to be able to fire my shotgun, before I can use my other dice, I have to resolve that skull. And what that skull means is I have to pick one alien and move them one step closer to losing the game to their goal, to their finish line. Oh, okay. And um, it could be any alien anywhere. Um, and so, you know, I, if I'm trying to keep control, like in this picture I've got right now, I'm kind of, mo I'm trying to watch the west flank and I'm trying to hold all of these guys off by myself. Well, my wife, uh -huh. there's two bosses that are right about to cross the line and she's trying to hold them back herself. And, um, you know, as you can see, we keep being forced to move them forward, whether we like to or not. And there's a lot of strategy, because sometimes, there are times when I've rolled all my dice, this is perfect, I can lay waste with this flamethrower, they'll do everything. But there's no monsters in range, and I don't want to re-roll anything so I can move. So I would just stand there and say, honey, could you roll some skulls? I need you to move the aliens to me. And, um, you know, and that's a level of tactics that, uh, you know, you have two minutes and then there's like a cool down period where we can plan and strategize and level up and all of that. And it's really, really cool. Uh, you know, the cooperation between players is paramount. At first glance, you know, when you're first starting out the game, you feel like, oh, I'm just overfighting my stuff, you're fighting your stuff. But you really do have to rely on each other to maintain control over the monsters. I mean, if I'm um, the, uh, you know, I, I, if, if I can move a monster into your line of fire, it means that's one less thing you have to deal with. So while we're just focusing like laser, focusing like laser, rolling our dice mm -hmm. over and over and over again, and just making snap decisions um, because we only have two minutes, um, that's a way to lose because you have to maintain 
knowledge, situational awareness of the entire battlefield and what your teammates need as well. And mm-hmm. that, I think, more than anything else, is what really makes it special. On top of that, the bosses that come out on a fairly regular basis, they do all kinds of game-breaking stuff. And there's monsters that um, you know move double speed or shoot from a distance. So you have to be very, very careful. Because while they're all just taking baby steps during the timed portion, once the timer is up, then every single one of the monsters that you didn't kill will get to move and or do their special powers. So, as the time, as you're getting down to 10 seconds, you realize, oh my gosh, they're all about to counterattack. I have to run away from all of them because I didn't kill them all and they will wipe yeah. me out. So you just feel these like constant waves of pressure and terror as the world is constantly changing. But the world is changing because of choices we made. They never move on their own. It's every time we have to resolve a skull and we make them move that we can basically lead to our own downfall if we're not really smart about how we main, how we control them. And mm-hmm. it's a blast. It uh, came out, I think, in 2017, and uh, it recently got a new Deluxe 2.0 version from Cool Mini or not. So you oh, should okay. definitely like it then. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites of all time. I, I absolutely love it to pieces. I, just yeah. talking about it now makes me want to be playing it. Yeah, I love how you you're both um, just like constantly moving around the table for those two minutes too. I think that's that's different for me. I've never seen like a it's, so it's like half real time, right? Yes, you have exactly. Yeah, you you have these phase. two minutes of incredible tension filled, roll, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> shouting and screaming at each other because you need uh-huh. help or whatever. And then after that's over, all the bad guy you you look through. I mean, there's like a list of all the different bad guy cards that reminds you what they do, and you resolve mm-hmm. all the bad guys whether they're going to move, whether they're going to shoot, whether they're going to create new spawn points for other bad guys. Mm-hmm. Then you spawn new bad guys because they're constantly going to keep on making new ones come out. Then you draw an event that might mm-hmm. you know, be something good or more often than not something bad. Like a storm comes through and now you, you, right. you limits how you're going to do. And then once you've dealt with all that and you know, that could take five, six, seven minutes resolving all of the different monsters, letting them do their stuff, resolving um, the events. Okay. And then you can sit and, okay, let's talk. We're about to start the timer. Can you get over there? Can you beat that boss? Or do we just make sure that boss never moves? And we just focus on these other things instead. And you come up with a game plan, and then you start the timer, and the game plan inevitably goes out the window, because the dice do not give you what you want. Right. Like, okay, I was planning on staying still, but all I can do is keep rolling move. Maybe I should move yeah. over there and fight that thing that we said we weren't going to fight. You know, that kind of huh. stuff. Oh, that sounds so incredibly fun. It is. And um, the more players you have, the better. It's really fun as a two-player game. Uh, but yeah. I have played it at higher player counts, and it just it just gets so much more chaotic with more people moving all the stuff around. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. It's my number two, Project wow. Elite. All right, let's see if you can top that with your number two. Here it comes. Do-do-do. Oh, it's a video. It's one of your videos. Yeah, so, yeah, so number two is, is Bloodstone. Oh! Um, I yeah I, Wait a I minute. love this game. Huh? This this was didn't this Kickstarter just cancel or something? Yeah, so they're gonna be relaunching their Kickstarter in summer. I think that's what they're projecting. Um, but um, from from what I played from it, it's just it's seriously so fun. I I think it's also because I'm very into um, World of Warcraft right now too, and it feels like that experience because the game is actually based heavily on World of Warcraft. Okay. Um, but how it works is you're just stuck. <laughs> as, <laughs> You're stuck in an arena, and you're fighting each other. Okay. Um, but you're controlling one hero, and that one hero has a ton of unique, very, very immersive thematic abilities. So, for example, like the fire mage that like you see right here, his name mm-hmm. is Uwazi. 
um, he will have different dice specific to him. So he'll have like a pyroblast dice and ignite dice, and they'll damage other characters um, as you roll them. So you'll roll a set of dice, and depending on what you get, you can allocate different dice to other people. So like he'll it'll activate different abilities. So for example, if you roll hey, who's that um, good looking higher, guy? Oh, he's all right. Some <laughs> amateur photographer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you can roll your dice. And what's really cool is that there's this catch-up mechanism where if you roll lower counts, it actually the game gives you an extra attack dice, so you're not um, you're not stuck, you know, while everyone else is progressing. Okay. And you're moving around the arena, and there's a ton of incentives everywhere. There's even um, there's even oh sorry, I had a phone call. Uh, there's <laughs> even this part where you have arena cards yeah. um, where, so, oops, there you go, back on screen, there you go. So you have arena cards where um, you have different weapon racks and you can uh, go towards those different those different weapon racks. Um, and I think what really makes the game uh, for me is that is, is, it's in the unique heroes. So okay. it's not just uh, arena combat based, there's actually a PvE system where you're playing co-op um, against a monster as well, which I think you would like a lot because you have one monster in the arena mm -hmm. and you all have to team up in order to fight that specific monster. And it's insane. Like the, one of the monsters um, that I have to play with, uh, he has like he has like this giant meat hook and he's like from a volcano and he'll spit out, you know, lava chains and you have to avoid that damage. Um, he'll have like different fireball abilities where it'll latch, it's kind of like a firebomb where it'll latch onto one player and it'll bring you guys together and just make you guys both explode. Mm. Um, and on top of that, they link these co-op, they link them both modes, both the, um, the co-op mode and the arena based mode, because in order to progress in one, you kind of have to progress in the other, which I know you mentioned that oh. you, you didn't like before, but, um, I think, it's, I think it works really well in this game because in order for you to, um, have, different mechanics added on to PvP, you have to uh, play co-op and defeat different monsters and then gain their abilities and different um, arena cards that you yeah. can also use for then for PvP. And there's this back and forth between those two modes. Hmm. So it's really so, fun. So there's like, a, there's like an overall narrative story campaign you're playing through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where sometimes the they... heroes have to, are forced to fight each other and sometimes the crowd says, no, you will all fight the Gorgamoth or whatever. That is exactly how it goes. Yeah, that's the exact storyline. There's a uh, Venera is like the main boss who just she's like a puppet master who's just you know as as you kill each other she revives you and then you come back to life fighting each other or fighting a monster depends on depends on how she feels how she's feeling that day. <laughs> so, okay, it's it's, it's crazy. so it, it, and it is dice resolving combat, right? So is this a game yes. of trying to roll high or or what? Um, dice is a huge part of it, um, but there are catch-up mechanisms, like I mentioned, and um, I think what's... I'm, I'm trying to see, put this into words properly. Um, every hero is interacting with each other differently, so like, if you have a rogue character, they can put poison onto you. So it's not just about whatever you roll, because it depends on how you're trying to allocate those dice as well. Um, I feel like you just have to play in order to understand... for, for me to play to understand, to word it out better. Yeah. Play it more. But okay. yeah, it, it's it's incredible. Um, and then there's also like those cards right here. Uh, those are priority cards. So uh, everyone has like a set of cards that they use. And um, the higher card, the higher number of cards will be stronger but slower. And they determine your speed Player in battle one. as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's something mm -hmm. everybody chooses in secret before a round begins. Right. And then everybody reveals, yep. this is what I'm doing. And this is how fast I am kind of a thing. And I assume right. the, the, the monsters you fight do the same thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between attack dice and temporary attack dice? It's just, those are just um, boosts or bonuses you get? You always have a certain number of dice and you can roll more? Or? 
Right. So um, the the temporary attack dice are is the the catch up mechanism. So if okay, you go yes, too low, yes. they'll give you that bonus. Okay. Okay. For mm -hmm. a future round. Right. It's mm -hmm. kind of like. In Castles of Burgundy, if you roll dice uh -huh. and you don't like what you get, you can get workers to let you manipulate the dice in a future round. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. I have to bring Euro um, <laughs> explanations in, because I'm not a fighty yeah. guy, as a general rule. Uh -huh. Wow. Do you, okay, you don't have to say. I assume you prefer the PvP instead of the PvE, the competitive versus the co-op? Or how does the co-op compare? Because um, I would so... think a co-op would be kind of like, oh, hey, we threw in a co-op mode too, kind of a thing. Right, so I was uh, all in for this for PvP. Yeah. But when we played PvE, I think it's like one of the first times I've ever truly enjoyed co-op because wow. the monsters are are just are just massively in scale in in terms of mechanics. Like, there's not just it's not simple. Um, there's a lot of things going on in in the arena. Um, on top of like your own character, you know, with all these abilities, you have the monster who's who has like five or six different abilities, and it's just it's insane. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, yeah, I saw in one of your shots there. I mean, do you have a smoke machine, or was that a dry ice machine or something? That, you were using <laughs> that was a fog machine. Oh, you would literally a have machine. a fog machine. Yep, but there's some more of it. Machine. Yep, yep. Got to add some dr dramatic effects to the whole monsters entering the arena. It is very appropriate, yeah. Um, cool. So, it's your number two. And, and so, as I recall, this was on Kickstarter. It has been canceled. I assume it's going to restart soon kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, I think they, from, um, from what they mentioned, they said they're starting in, in summer. I really hope it gets funded um, and like it, it finishes well because it, the game is really fun. You know, I loved it. And it looks like it has gorgeous miniatures too. Of yeah, of course, that too. Uh, yeah, that of course. Oh, and okay, yeah, and that, there's an idea of yeah, what see? these bad guys. So, right. so I'm actually looking at a thing where it's like he's creating a fire ring around the rosy and we have to try and avoid the fire because he's yes. like completely taking out half of the board and we have to be sure we're in the spots where he doesn't get us kind of a thing to yes, exactly. the scope and scale of the bosses right. these bosses are not just oh they're just another hero these bo these bosses are like five heroes worth of badness that they can do kind of a thing right right wow okay well um that is excellent and uh i am definitely intrigued by the pve that's very cool yeah Okay, that well, we are almost done, and we're at an hour and 35 minutes, buddy. But Oof. don't worry, folks, we're almost there. And if you're a longtime fan of my show, there is no way you don't know what my number one favorite um, board game combat system is. Um, let's see here. Where's, oh, where's my shortcut? I don't know if I want you to try to guess. No. I don't want to guess wrong. No, I have no. All right, just, just reveal it. Well, it'll be very obvious when I say it is Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven, man. Gloomhaven. Oh, Gloomhaven! Oh, come on, really? Of course. <laughs> come on, really? Oh what does God. that mean? There's a reason well, it's the number one highest-ranked game on Board yeah, Game Geek yeah. in the world, and um, it, it is absolutely fantastic. And it's interesting. A lot of the stuff you were talking about um, when you were just talking about Bloodborne reminded me quite a bit of Gloomhaven, because this is a cooperative uh, tactical skirmish game. Um, you know, the thing you talked about, initiative, I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if Bloodborne took the inspiration for their initiative system for Gloomhaven, which did, you know, mm -hmm. did that years ago, where every turn, 
Um, you have you have a deck of cards. It's a small deck, depending on your character, anywhere from eight to like maybe twelve cards, and that's it. If you run out of cards, mm-hmm. you're dead, and you've got to make it through whatever this dungeon is with all the special monsters and scenarios and and whatnot you got to deal with. Every turn, you will play two cards. Each card has two actions: a top action and a bottom action. When you play mm-hmm. those two cards, first of all, one of them is your initiative. So it's going to be how fast you play this turn. Exactly what you talked about in Bloodborne. And so, and, and playing at the right time is so important because all the bad guys draw their own card. They have their own initiative speed. And often they're like, oh my gosh, please let them go faster than me. I'm going as slow as I can because right. they have to move towards me so I can hit them with this ranged attack. And if, I, if they am going slower than me, I have wasted this card. But you've never wasted a card because every card has a top and a bottom. And of the two cards you play, you will do the top effect on one, the bottom effect on the other. And you know if things don't go your way because the monsters surprise you with what they're doing, you can switch it up. I was planning on doing this top and this bottom, but I'll go the uh-huh. other way. And actually, each card has four things because they've got a basic uh, attack and a basic move that's on the top and the bottom as well. So if none Mm -hmm. of the special abilities you've chosen when you were um, planning out how this turn was going to go until the monsters ruined all your plans, um, you can be constantly very agile and change up what you're trying to do on the fly. Um, But... A, the uh, after you play the cards, they go into a discard pile, and you've got fewer and fewer cards uh, because you you don't. This is not deck builder. You don't get more. You start with your entire hand, and when they're all gone, they're gone. So over time, you're having fewer and fewer options as you play your cards, and eventually, you will have to rest. Um, mm-hmm. And that it gives you the opportunity to get your discard pile back. But one of the cards in your discard pile gets destroyed. And it's permanently lost. So over the course of the game, you are permanently um, losing all of your special abilities. And it you know, thematically represents you just getting more and more tired. Um, you right. know, playing through an entire game kind of feels like at the end that you are John McClane at the end of Die Hard, where he could just barely walk <laughs> and he could barely hold the uh-huh. machine gun. He's like, Holly, you know, Hans. You know, yeah. I mean, because, because you're down to like three cards. Everything else is gone. If we don't do this right. this round, it's all over. And the cards themselves, to be fair, are fairly complex. There's a lot of stuff they can do. And uh, when you first start playing and you've got this character... And you've got nine cards, but each card has a top and a bottom. That means there's 18 actions you're deciding from. And you're going to pick two of those 18 actions you want to do on the first turn, but you're also picking your card based on, do I want to go fast or do I want to go slow? Do I need to go slower than you because you're about to die and I could heal you, but I have to wait for you to get in range? Or I have to go super fast because that thing's about to kill you. Can I go faster than that monster? Because hopefully this will be around when the monsters go slow. So, you know... Everything the players do is 90% you know, predetermined. But mm-hmm. in spite of that, because the monsters all have their own decks, and the monster decks are so full of really clever, interesting mechanisms and um, actions that they can take that feel really thematic, whether they're flying or elemental creatures or whatever, um, you know, they're constantly surprising you, sometimes giving you opportunities you didn't think you were going to have, sometimes doing the worst possible thing. This is the one thing they can't do, and of course they do that. And then all your plans go out the window, but you've committed to these two cards. How can you change things up and use them in a right. different way? Um, to to make lemonade out of lemons, and it's great. On top of that, it's got an it's I think it's got like just under a hundred missions. Each mission takes mm-hmm. on average about two hours, so it's got all the gameplay you can imagine. I mean, and then it has a random dungeon generator. If you ever did finish all of the campaign storyline stuff, and it's gotten um, an expansion and a new version. I'm actually showing the Jaws of the Lion standalone, and it's getting Frosthaven right. hopefully this year. It's absolutely amazing. It is so deep and so rich 
Uh, it's really complex. It's a very, very deep pool to dive into. There is nothing gateway about this game at all. That's not true, mm -hmm. because it, it, in an amazing feat of, of design craft, the Jaws of the Lion standalone version of the game, the first five or so missions take you through a tutorial that introduces mm -hmm. ideas to you very slowly. And I'm not saying I could play this with my mother, my 74-year-old <laughs> mother, but I could probably play this with Jen's sister. And she has no interest, but if she's like, oh, this is your favorite game? All right, let's just play the tutorial. And she could actually learn how to play on the fly. And after a okay. few missions, be playing one of the deepest, richest, most complex um, board games there are on the market today. And that's a really incredible, too. But I love yeah. it so very, very much. And I figure... I figured early on, nope, we're not going to see any more co-ops from you, so I'm sure this is not on your list. I was really hoping for Marvel or um, Project Elite, but... Marvel would have made it for sure um, for both of us. Well, that we'll take that, that as an honorable mention for you then. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, cool. But um, for Gloomhaven, uh, yeah. uh, Jaws of Line, would you recommend that one, going through that tutorial before diving into the actual Gloomhaven? I would totally recommend... I mean, I am sure yeah. Isaac Childress, the designer... If he could, um, you know, use a time machine, it would be to go back in time and make Jaws of the Lion be the way the game okay. was originally released back in 2018 or 29 or yeah, it must have been 2018, I think, or maybe 2017 when uh -huh. it came out. Um, because it's 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 incredible. Um, you know, the whole game is uh, takes place in a storybook, and um, you know, the, the first few missions, basically, just the first few missions, everything's turned off. Uh, you just have these really basic starter cards that were nowhere near as complex as what I'm showing on the screen. They're just like, mm -hmm. oh, you can move or you can attack. They're really simple. Just play two. The first mission even tells you, hey, for your first three rounds, play these specific cards. And this is how it's going to play out. Mm -hmm. And then in the second mission, hey, let's toss some of those cards and replace them with some slightly more complicated cards. And now let's right. introduce initiative because the first time you played, everybody had a speed of 50. Or, you know, or the bad guys all had a speed of 51 and the heroes all had a speed of you know, lower. So there was nothing to think about that. And they just slowly introduced these things over the first five missions. And the first five missions are still fun to play. They're just not as cool as the game ultimately becomes once you've unlocked everything. It's, it's brilliantly done. Um, you know, they actually, for those early missions where you've got these like placeholder cards, they actually put mm -hmm. tutorial tips on the cards. They put tutorial oh, okay. tips on the board saying, you know, if you stand over here, that means you'll be able to draw this card and that's really going to help. And you're like, oh, I didn't know what I should do. Maybe I'll go over there and oh. stand on that thing that it says to do on the board. Yeah. Really smart, clever stuff. Oh, I really need to dive into that before Frosthaven comes. <laughs> yes, I because the thing is, Frosthaven <laughs> is for um, uh, Gloomhaven elite players. Frosthaven assumes you know your way around Gloomhaven because it throws okay, you yeah. into really heavy-duty stuff. So okay. that's something to bear in mind as well. Um, yeah, and, and, and the other thing about... I don't remember if this is the case now. When uh, Jaws of the Lion first came out, it was exclusive to to Target or Walmart or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's basically Target, available yeah. in big box stores. You know, it's not something you have to go and, you know, find some, you know, cool mini or not, or, or not, sorry, mm -hmm. I was going to say, uh, Cool Stuff Inc. or, you know, mm -hmm. miniatures. I mean, anybody could pick it up. And it was designed that if you like fantasy, if you like Lord of the Rings and whatnot, um, you might want to try this game and you might be surprised. Because really... It's not like you and I, just because we play a lot of games, it's not like we're smarter than anybody else. We just have mm -hmm. more patience for all the Byzantine the stuff rules, yeah. we have to learn. <laughs> um, this game is probably the industry high mark for in-game tutorials. It's so brilliantly done. Jaws of the Lion, Ooh, okay. specifically. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited for that. And it's my number one. All right. Nice. And now, let's find your final link. And what have we got? It is another one of your videos? Nope. It's... It's Lords, <laughs> Lords of Hellas. Yes. So, oh my gosh, this is such. 
And uh, yeah. this is such a huge game. I mean, yeah, physically um, and also in terms of popularity. Oh, yeah. The the campaign, I think it's like one of the first times I've ever dropped everything just to read the updates um, for the Kickstarter <laughs> because the, the theme for this game is like one of my favorites of all time, you know, ancient Greek mythology, but they changed it and made them all futuristic. Okay. And and what's really cool is that, you know, those giant miniatures are not just, like, they, yeah, they're there for a show, but they're not just there for a show. Like, those monuments, you're actually using them in the game to build and to gain blessings from. So you can actually send your units, like priests, to pray at the monument and gain different stat bonuses. Because mm -hmm. the goal of the game, of course, is to, um, you know, gather your army and then traverse the world. And there are a lot of different ways to victory. I think it's a beautifully done game. We have enjoyed it uh, across a two-player count, four-player count. Um, many, many times. It's hit our table so many times. Wow. It's so fun. Oh, I love this game. These big yeah. um, miniatures you're talking about, when you say build them, you mean literally build them because they come in yeah. multiple pieces, right? Yeah, right. So the left one right there, Athena, yeah. um, it comes in like, I think, three or four, three to five pieces. So like, you actually put uh, parts on top of it, and then you're gaining bonuses as the monument is physically being built. Mm -hmm. Do multiple people uh, contribute to a monument, or if you're doing it, this is kind of your monument? No, everyone can contribute to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And because so everybody can worship the monument once it's built kind of a thing? Right. And then, like, there's this kind of just um, this fight and this tension to go towards each monument, to um, fight monsters for different bonuses, um, to fight each other, of mm -hmm. course. Of course. Um, of course. Just, it yeah. wouldn't be on your list <laughs> if you couldn't fight each other. <laughs> right. And, there, yeah, there's just a lot of really cool things going on. I think there's also, um, so with the monsters... Uh, you can actually slot different weapons um, in order to attack them because they have to have like like a mace or like a sword or a bow to attack you know the chimera or um, okay the hydra or like different monsters will require different uh, weapons that you have and then if you're fighting other people they're like they're combat cards and um, uh, yeah so what is the combat system on. itself I mean I, I'm scrolling around this picture I don't actually see dice anywhere yeah so you're um, it's a it's it's half deterministic because you're putting your army in a region and then of course counting how many um, you have over the other person. But the part that's different is that there are these combat cards that you play okay. that you chain off one each other. Um, they kind of like the the spell cards that I mentioned in, in the previous game, but they're adding bonuses to your overall army strength. Okay. Um, it's simple, but but it's really fun. <laughs> so it's a case where I mean, what's what I mean. You know that multiple people are in a given region. What makes a fight start? Somebody chooses to start a fight, and then everybody has mm -hmm. to get their hand of cards and like, okay, well, I can see it's three to two right now, but I will play this, and that does a thing, and I and I summon an extra guy, and you kill one of my things, and then once it's all done, once you're done playing the cards back and forth, whoever has the most units wins the region. Right, um, but it's a little bit like Rising Sun in okay. that it's not always about winning the battle. Sometimes it's okay. just how many casualties that you can induce for the other player to see how many they can sacrifice. So after the battle, you can just take over their territory because um, controlling is a big part of this game too, controlling okay. territories. Oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Incredible game. Love it. Yeah, well, it's certainly very ambitious. Yeah. And it's massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is Awakened Realms, isn't it? I mean, this is mm -hmm. kind of their thing. Huge, gorgeous miniatures, uh, amazing. Epic, and I've heard nothing but great things about this. Um, yeah. I will never play it in a million years, as has been previously established. <laughs> um, I, I, and I have to say, um, that was it. That was your number one, right? Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am very, very happy 
that you were here because you represent such a different style of gamer than me. And, um, you know, I mean, it was so night and day different. But, I mean, you are talking about some of the biggest, hottest, um, you know, most well-loved, you know, player combat games out there. Plus, you had some that I've never heard of. And so that mm-hmm. was a really nice variety. And it was, it was great to, I mean, I, I, I think I would have been disappointed if you had just had a list that was, well, yes, I also really like uh, clever and offbeat cooperative ways that you can have combat in fantasy scenarios. And we had six games overlapping. So it was actually yeah. really, really cool. That, um, wow. So um, it's interesting. I take away from this. You as a player, you are very combat centric. Yeah, because when we were talking, yeah, I mean, originally we were going to do um, like a top ten, uh, like you know, r- really innovative mechanisms. But then I mentioned mm-hmm. combat. You said, "Oh boy, combat! Yes, please!" Yeah. And you got very, very excited. Yeah. And you really wanted to do that. So this is your bread and butter. Do you play mm-hmm. much in the way of euros? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. We, I think, outside of combat, probably like worker placement, hand management games are probably our biggest ones. Okay. Um. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. So but my. Oh, go on. Oh, no. Yeah, like, but my like breadth, my breadth of like board games that I've played, I think, are like here versus you <laughs> over here. <laughs> so it's a very limited pool to choose from. Yeah. Well, no, it was you, you did come up with an excellent list that I'm sure a lot of people will agree with. Whereas I came up with a really weird esoteric list that probably two thirds of the games no one's ever even heard of, quite frankly. No, but I like that though. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and and yours was like, I mean, you know, some of the the biggest best examples of this style of gameplay from, you know, some of the most popular designers around. So it was an excellent contrast in gaming styles. And, folks, that was it. And if you're paying all the way attention through, you got to see a little bit of Tim's work. Tim does amazing, beautiful stuff because he is literally, he has a smoke, he has a fog machine that he uses <laughs> in his videos. Who does that? It's incredible. Uh, it's and, extra, yeah. and you do a lot of videos that actually talk about your technique and, and how to photograph better. I mean, that's how I really actually found about you because when I was coming oh, here and I was trying to upgrade, I was like, oh, there's like a lot of really good tips here. And like, oh my oh, God, man. he works so hard at this. I will never do all of this, but this is really amazing. All the love and attention he puts in. And that is it. Top 10, 20. There were no overlaps at all. 20 great examples of combats in board game. The 20 best. 20 best. The 20 best. He, he, Tim said it, so it must be true. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's it, folks. Thanks very much for watching. Have a very nice day. Talk to you later. So long. Bye-bye. Bye.